business. Thanks for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get. Now I make money moves. What up, what up, what up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness Times Business Podcast, the show created to provide you with the practical and strategic advice to help you level up in fitness, business, your career, your relationships, and your life. My name is Joseph Medsell. I am your host, and I'm joined by a special guest in this episode of the podcast, Tim McKinnon. Welcome to the show. I'm a uh overwhelmed with happiness. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to I'm hear trying, I'm trying to get my voice to that level of excitement. But I, honestly, I, I'm, I am inside. It'll get so there. So I'm doing my best. It'll yeah, get yeah, there. Yeah. Trust me. The, the energy is infectious when, uh, when you're in the podcast. That's hey, man. A right. um, little bit of background for yep. the listeners and the viewers. Uh, you are, I mean, you've been involved with MJ and TMJ Apparel for a number of years now um, as a member of our sponsored athlete team. Uh, you are an open heavyweight Bodybuilder, yep. uh, you are, and maybe op- not, maybe not currently, but no, no. <laughs> Let's say in <laughs> yeah. in in in, uh, in off season yes. at the moment. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. You are an online coach, one of uh, the most renowned and well respected online coaches, definitely in Australia. Yep, thank you. Uh, yeah. And you coach uh, a lot of the top athletes in physique-based sports, men's physique athletes, classic physique competitors, uh, bikini athletes. You got a whole big team. For sure, right? yeah. Coming in, especially yep. in the next few weeks, it's it's competition season here yeah. in Australia. Best time of the year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we have had we have tried to get you on this podcast. This is your third yep. attempt. Hard to, hard to keep, <laughs> keep keep sitting down in a well, chair. Well, every time we every time we bring you, it's funny, man, because every time we bring you to Adelaide, as we do with all of the the athletes, right, is we yep. we jam pack as much as we can in two or three days. And so you've got this shoot and then you're doing that that video shoot and then this photo shoot and 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 the two times before this that you've been here, you've been like within four weeks out from a show. Absolutely just zombie. <laughs> and I remember we've just packed too much in. And I think yeah. last time you actually fell asleep on I the did. couch. Yeah. I remember it being a great <laughs> sleep until I was woken up. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, don't worry about the podcast, yeah. man. We'll just get it in next time. And funnily enough, you're uh, you're in Adelaide at the moment because you have one of your clients is competing in the South Australian State Championships. Yep. Jesse uh, White. Shout out to Jesse White. Yeah. Shout out. In two days time, the show that we run here. And, uh, and you let me know you were coming and I said, that's it. Number one priority. We're getting you on a podcast. That's right. Yeah. And so we're here. We made sure. it. Let's do it. We made it. I'm All here. right, man. Look, I um, a couple of things I want to unpack. The first one is for the listeners and the viewers who don't know much about you or perhaps they're meeting you for the first time, uh, your origin story. So I want to unpack, you know, who you are where you've come from, what your life experience has looked like uh, up into this point. And then there's a few things that, uh, that I want to dive into that I think we're going to be able to, to extract a lot of value and practical and strategic advice for the listeners, for the viewers, uh, to help them on their life's journey, whether it's uh, business, whether it's fitness, whether it's personal development. Um, you know, you're, you're a very interesting guy. And, oh, uh, and, you. and you and I have always gotten along very, very well. I mean, we haven't seen each other for a couple of, no. well, not a couple of years. We kind of cross paths at shows yeah. and whatever. We haven't spent a lot of time with each other for a couple of years yeah. because of 
COVID and all the border restrictions and all that shit. Um, and you just busted on in like an hour ago here. And it's like, like I just, it's like we saw each yeah, other yesterday. 100%. So, yeah. Good times. I have that. I mean, I'm either, it's like polarizing. I, I'm either liked or hated. Yeah. One of those. <laughs> it's either like, oh, Tim's here. That's awesome. Or, oh, yeah. no. Oh, boy. It's He's either back. one. He's so I'm back. glad it was the first one. Yeah. yeah. No, always, man. Always <laughs> yeah, yeah. welcome here. All right. So let's dive in, man. Let's start with uh, the, the Tim McKinnon backstory, the Tim McKinnon origin story. Yep. Uh, yeah, let's go right cool. back. Well, um, you know, uh, a lot of bodybuilders have that sort of backstory where they, you know, they had the, the the posters of Arnie on their wall or they, you know, they had the magazines or whatever. Mine's not like that at all. I didn't didn't really know what bodybuilding was when I got into the gym. It was more of just an, a release for me because I was into sports and I was actually at uni and um, my parents just thought I should do something more physical because I, um, I'd left school and I stopped, I stopped doing all my sports and – I was just looking for, you know, I guess when I was at uni, I, I wasn't doing um, anywhere near as much, you know, physical, you know, there was nothing for me to have that outlet with. And so they gave me that um, gym membership for me to, you know, get out of the house basically because I was in between studying and I used to computer game a lot, play lots of games. Yeah. And um, I was sitting at my table a lot and just, you know, that seeing, I, I guess seeing your son change from being a physical guy to a, a very academic focused person or just sitting in front of the computer all the time, they sort of pushed me towards that. You know, they were like, you know, you should do this. Like it might give you that outlet. And, you know, they, they know that because I had ADD when I was a kid as well, you need to have a physical outlet when you have ADD. It's a way for you to like reset your brain chemicals basically. And you're, you're, uh, you know, you're academic, right? Like yeah. you're, you're a pretty smart guy. Yeah. It's my, it's my, you know, I guess that's where I sort of, I spent a lot of my time learning and reading and that's my yeah. focus I, the physical aspect of what i do right now is is like three percent of it you know and i don't put it down to being a, a pr predominantly physical guy it's more about understanding what i'm doing mm -hmm. and um and so that's that's originally what drew me towards bodybuilding you know it was yes this is a physical sport but you know other people um that i saw doing well there's this element of even if they don't understand what they're doing, there's an element of understanding um, the process that they need to go through. So it's not necessarily like the scientific background of it or, or being, you know, uh, in, a, in a lab testing yourself like to that degree, but it's a, it's a really, you know, deep understanding of the process that even, you know, if you're not a predominantly academic person, you're still aware of what you're doing, you know, and that's super important. I mean, um, for me anyway, that was what drew me in. And, um, and it's where I found the difference between me and other people was just, um, under, you know, the, the intense understanding of it and, and researching it and, and finding out new things and, you know, putting myself in a position to not feel like I know everything, you know, and also understanding that it's impossible to know everything. And once you feel like you know everything, you don't know everything. You know, yeah. That's the biggest yeah. Well, thing. the more the more you know, the more you don't. You the more you know, the more you know you don't know. That's right. Yeah. That's the, that's and, the and so I think, tongue twister. I think because of the academic side, you know, I was studying engineering originally. Because of that um, academic side, I feel like that's I always knew that about this sport. You know, I knew that there was never an end. You're like you, you can never truly master it in terms of understanding. Yeah. It's more just your application of that and and putting things in the right order. Um, for you, you know, and that to me, that's fascinating. And it still is. It's one of the, the funnest things about it is you take, you take an individual and they may be getting great results already, but you can implement little tiny changes just by understanding why. And it's just, 
slingshots them forwards, you know, and everyone calls you like a wizard and all this sort of stuff because it is pretty much like that. It's, it is magic when it works. You know, you're taking something, it's like reinventing water, you know. It's like water still hydrates you, but how can we make it? Maybe we can add some salt in there and you're, you're more hydrated from that, you know, and, and it does act like magic sometimes because it's just you're putting all these variables into one basket and the the out the outcome of that is it feels like magic, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the um, the blend of uh, the in, the intellectual side of your personality and the athletic side of your personality uh, is quite it's quite rare, uh, but it kind of has has made you the the professional who you are, right? And it's it's made you the coach who you are, and it it's you know kind of what you built your business on the back yeah. off really is kind yeah. of that blend of going, you know what. So much of the time you kind of think about physique-based sports and and athletes and coaches, you know, it's just about like eat as much food, yeah. train as hard as you can train, yeah. take all of the different supplements and it's just, you know, intensity, 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 intensity and that's yeah. all there is to it. But you're kind of able to go a little bit deeper than that and peel, peel the different layers off the onion and kind of go, okay, well, let's, let's think about from an intellectual perspective how we can – make this better or how I can make myself better as an athlete, how I can make my clients better, yeah. you know, under my coaching. But anyway, we're getting a bit of, I want to go down that path, but yeah, we need yeah. your origin story, man. So, so you do well at school, right? Yeah. That's the academic side. You yep. also play a whole bunch of different sports, bit of basketball and, and, and whatnot. You come to university, you enroll in engineering, and that's kind of when you you find the passion for bodybuilding yeah yeah you know when you do all those things at school where it's like what am i going to do what's my career yeah. you know you do those those questionnaires mm. every time i would get engineering that's why i did it is a questionnaire told me to and the reason why is because engineering apparently has this aspect of leadership and so every time we do projects at uni i'd be like the, the group leader and i preferred that more than the actual engineering side like I mean, yeah, building a bridge sounds cool, but like when you actually get down to the the maths behind it, it's not really that cool, in my opinion. Well, I studied <laughs> no. engineering. Yeah, well, as well, right? Yeah, and, and I, what I, did fin you think? I, I finished engineering, but I was attracted to it from the the analytical, logical, intellectual based thought process. Right. So, like problem solving the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, interesting thing with me, um, and a lot of the listeners and, and viewers know this because I've spoken about it a number of times. But so, I did, I studied two things at university. One was mechanical engineering, which was, as I just explained, that's what I was attracted to. The other one was the complete polar opposite, it was law, right. which is definitely not, that is polar not, opposite. not yeah. analytical, no. not logical. It's almost like you use a different part of your brain. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously very language-based, whereas engineering is very numbers-based. Yep. Law is very, how can you use language? How can yeah, you manipulate 100%. language? That language is effectively, you're a wordsmith, right? It's, it's your tool. Yeah. But I really enjoyed the polarity between the two right. um, because it allowed me to, to kind of grow and develop and go, okay, well, I can use my mind in this way. And that's very useful for engineering, being numbers-based. And then I can flip it and use my mind this way right and 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 be kind of a wordsmith but um yeah interesting so you're studying engineering yeah. you get introduced to bodybuilding yeah and so then well it, it honestly for me man like when i first started training i couldn't lift 10 kilo dumbbells over my head i remember that so clearly because it just you just feel like an absolute useless person um strong legs you know um always had sort of like that ability to train from sports and things like that i think for me it was like because of how weak i was it was like a challenge i was like you know 
I need to be able to do this. Like how, what human being can't put their arms above their head with some weights in it? And even just a chin up, you know, not being able to do one chin up, things like that. I think it really sort of made me think, you know, I can't, if I needed to get out of something, like pull myself out of something or do, you know, your physical weakness is like quite shocking. Mm. Um, and even though I was like a very physical dude from sports and things, I was still pretty weak. And so that just realizing, you know, you're, that you're missing some aspect of, of being human, I suppose, especially a male human, um, it kind of just was like, I think that really motivated me originally. Just I just felt so useless, you know. And so then feeling stronger and 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 feeling good and you know, that that sort of general well-being of having more strength and just you know you're working on yourself is a really great I mean you know yeah you get more attention from girls as well you know you, you get more attention from guys I get way more attention from guys now still but yeah, likewise <laughs> but yeah yeah but it's, it's weird also, like that yeah isn't it? it's kind of weird but um you know still I've made some ma- good mates and things like that um but I think that aspect especially when you're a young guy you know like 19 20 um, you know, that aspect of just becoming and developing your physical body. Because if you're an intellectual person, I think you develop your mind quick, well, relatively quick, maybe not in a maybe not in a maturity way, but like you think quickly, like you, your brain develops in that sense. But your physical body is like like 12, you know? <laughs> you look like 12, you know? And so it was great to feel like my physical and mental were starting to match in some way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a weird concept, but that it, it does feel that way, you know. And so then um, you, you're exploring that. And um, I was not one of the, like I said at the start, I was not one of those bodybuilders that I'm not one of those bodybuilders that always wanted to be a bodybuilder, you know. Um, and so, you know, competing was sort of, it, it was more of an exploration of how rather than I just want to do it so bad. I was just more, more interested in how it's done, um, how I could look that way. Maybe I could. And, and I feel like I had a, a good ability to, you know, with like all of the, the academics and things, you know, it's, it's like studying, you know, you have to force yourself to sit there and study. There's an element of like um, discipline involved in that. And I feel like I had that. And so it was more of a test, you know, how can I, can I do this? Can I get on stage and can I resist carbs and can I do all these things? More of a test of my ability than I want to be a bodybuilder. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah, so that's kind of th- that, if I think about it, the, you know, that was the defining moment was like, am I capable of doing something? I've got myself to this ability with strength. I, I, I have this physical, you know, um, you know, I look a certain way, physical body, mental, you know, mindset and things like that. But, um, and I'd progress from that weakling, but like now what's the next thing? Mm. Rather than I want to be a pro bodybuilder, it was more about, you know, can I achieve this? Can I do this? Um, Never really thought about it in terms of leveraging for business or marketing or anything like that. That that's the later thing, but it was more of just like, you know, I've always been subpar physically. Now I want to try and be like something that no one else can do. That that to me is like motivating, being different to everyone else. It's you know? almost like you 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 almost kind of fell in love with or or became addicted to probably a bit mixed yeah, mixture of mixture of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to like the progression. So, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, like how 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 much better can I get? That's right. How can I apply different pieces of um, theory or different pieces of knowledge or you know and 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 you know people who compete in physique based sports, people on the outside, you know, it's a lot. It seems a lot simpler than it is. Yeah, hundred percent. From the outside, it's like you go to the gym, you lift weights, yeah. you follow a diet, you do cardio, 
you get tanned. That's right. You put your your jocks on, you step on stage, and you're a bodybuilder. The thing I would always get from like girlfriends <laughs> and stuff is like, you already look good. Why do you need to keep yeah. training? You know? yeah, yeah. But then when you get into it, and a lot of the listeners and the viewers who who do compete in physique based sports would know, you know, there's so many different different. Oh, it's insane. Things. There's so many it's different endless. rabbit holes you can go down, right? And I th- yeah. I I feel like that's kind of what you got addicted to. Hundred percent. Is it was like you know how can I maximize this little one percent, and then all right now how can I maximize this little, and how many of these little one percenters can I stack on top of each other to become the best possible version of myself? Hundred percent. Yeah. And it's interesting, man, because you know so many athletes I talk to, and and you know so many athletes that like you you have been right at the top of like. Just the top of the amateurs just turned, you know, like you, a lot of yeah. people think 2019, you should have turned yeah, pro. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of those people. <laughs> anyway. Uh, That's that right. Was, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> that was years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about your bodybuilding journey. But, you know, uh, someone who who has the physical and genetic potential to get to your level, a lot of the time it is about the pro card. It is about winning the shows. It is about, you know, that competitive side and, and you know, how, you, how you're able to uh, compete at the highest level. Whereas for you, it's never really been about that. No, not at right? all. It's been about how do I just become the best version of myself? Yeah. And if those awards, those placings, whatever that comes with it, then I'll take it, you know. It's a bonus. It's like, it's like if you get, if you turn up to a show and there's no one there and you're the only one on stage and you get first, is it something to celebrate, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, maybe it is if you look your best and you put effort into it and, and, it, and it's your best to date, but you don't really have anything to gauge it off, you know? So for me, it's always been like, if I can if I can stand on stage and say I did everything I possibly can, not, not like in a, a simple term, like I did everything, like followed the diet, didn't cheat, that sort of stuff. But like, you know, did I smile the whole way? You know, was I a good person as well? Um, you know, did I progress my business? Did I, you know, did I progress my relationships? Did I have a good time doing all these things rather than I was just a bodybuilder and I won the show, you know? Because for me, like I said, I, I never really wanted to be a bodybuilder um, in that sense. Like I never really wanted to just say, oh, yeah, I'm a bodybuilder. So when people say, oh, what do you do? I never say bodybuilder. You know, I always just say like I'm a coach or I am, um, you know, I run this, I do this, you know, it's not really like, I never really, I, I never really see myself as that guy in trunks on the stage. Mm. You know, that's like, you know, it really is only one day a year that you're like that, or five days, whatever you're doing. But um, yeah, I think that's definitely what says, you know, potentially what what's different about me than than some other people. Yeah. How do you? Uh, I'm interested to know, right? Because how, what advice can you give to somebody who finds himself at the other end of the spectrum? Right where it's it's all about comparison to other people, right? It's all about I'm going to attach my self worth to how well I do in a competition, yeah. or I'm going to attach my self worth, and it doesn't have to be bodybuilding, right? It can yeah. be uh, the corporate world, it can be uh, the you know the people running businesses who are who who tune into this podcast. It can be you know different people in different businesses, right? That you kind of compare yourself to. And a lot of people fall into, and I've done, I've been guilty of this myself, right? You fall into the trap of attaching your self-worth to comparison to your peers, right? And it's about, well, you know, I need to be the best amongst my peers. What advice can you give to the listeners and the viewers who find themselves in that mindset to kind of pull it back to going, you know what? It's not about 
comparing yourself to others. It's about comparing yourself to previous versions of yourself. 100%, yeah. And, and if, if you can compare yourself to, you know, if Tim McKinnon can compare the, to, to the Tim McKinnon of 2020 and then the Tim McKinnon of 2018 and, you know, every year or two years behind and you've progressed and you've gotten better and you've developed, that's the only thing that matters. What advice can you provide in that regard? How do you how do you swing the yeah. mindset? I've definitely struggled with that as well, and I think I've put a lot of thought into that. and And what I what it keeps coming back to me is, you will never be you you will always find a bigger fish. Basically, you know, there's always going to be someone who's better looking, richer, you know, has more money, whatever. Right, that's the same as richer. Sorry, <laughs> bigger muscles, richer in different ways. Richer, rich, yeah, richer in in experiences, maybe. But um, you know, there's the, if you you find one aspect of you that's good that you like or that you're known for, there's going to be someone that has more than that, you know, more than you of that. So I think I think um, if you go chasing that, you're always going to be disappointed. You, th- there's going to be some aspect of that, that you can't control. Maybe you're the best in this town, but then you go to this town and there's someone better than you, or just has better better resources or more time or you know, if you're if you're a, you have a relationship and you've got kids and you work full time and you're competing against someone who has no relationship, no kids, and and you know sits on the couch all day, well, they're they're potentially already advantaged. You know, so you you take one of those variables. Someone's going to have more or or a better situation than you always. You can't be the best possible. Um, and if you devote yourself to being absolutely number one at one thing, then yeah, you're probably going to get there. But you have to be happy with sacrificing, you know, X, Y, and Z in order to achieve this, you know. And so the people I always look at, you know, you know how they say success leaves leaves clues. And if you look at the people that are the top um, in the world, the best in the world at what they do, like Jay Cutler and, you know, um, you know these other bodies like Johnny Coleman and, and now Phil Heath and, the, you know, these guys that, that, are, that are really at the top and you go back and look at their – obviously it's easy now with social media and things. You can see – it's very obvious where they would be lacking in the rest of their life, you know, maybe not now because they've retired or whatever, but like you go back and look at their lives, you know, what they were doing on a daily basis. They can't have kids. They can't do these, these other things with their life. You know, they've got to be just one, you know, and, and then it's like, you still come third or fourth or fifth and you still have that. The, the, the Jay Cutler that won that show was the best Jay Cutler at that point. So he's still beating himself. You know what I mean? So you, if you reverse engineer it, you get to that point and you go, well, he's still focusing on beating himself only because if he brings his best at focusing on that 100%, he's still going to beat himself and that's what makes him win the show rather than trying to beat Johnny Coleman, you know. So it's still it still works. Even if you focus on being the best at something or comparing yourself to other people at that one thing, it's still going to come down to you being better than your previous performance because if you don't, then you've already been beaten because you beat yourself, you know. It's almost yeah. like it's a, it's a, you know, the way that I kind of think about it is the difference between kind of external validation and internal validation. 100%, right? yeah. Because if you, if you focus on the external validation, which is comparing yourself to whatever you're going to compare it to, but it's, a, it's outside of you. It might be a different person, a different business, a specific competition, whatever it is. Um, you're, you're forever going to be chasing the next best thing. Right, and you're never going to experience proper fulfillment. You're never going to experience true happiness. You're never going to experience even satisfaction, because you're always going to be chasing something that is just just a little bit That's out right. of reach. 
Um, and it's interesting for me because, you know, I, I kind of swing between the two, right? For, because for me, the external validation and kind of chasing the, the um, different comparisons has been very fruitful for me because it's, it's almost like opened my mind up to what's possible, yep. right? Is okay, you know, I'm trying to beat this person in business or I'm trying to beat this person in men's physique competitions or whatever it is and I get there and it's like, okay, what's next? And what's next? And what's yep. next? And that has been very uh, productive for me through, through my athletic career, through my business career. But at the same time, Sometimes I fall into the comparison as the thief of thief of joy situation, yeah. right? And I kind of go, "Fuck, I'm 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 never going to be as good, or I'm never going to be the external best." Yeah. And then I kind of pull myself back and I go, "Well, no, no, hold on a second. You're better than you were last year. Yeah. You're better than you were two years ago. You've progressed, and that's kind of, I guess, the the internal validation of of kind of going, well, you know, it's it's about personal development. It's about improvement yeah. so that's kind of how i you know i oscillate between the two a little bit but yeah and perhaps yeah. like perhaps when you're doing that you're actually comparing or you like you said you're, you're seeing what's possible maybe in that process you're not necessarily comparing yourself to them you're comparing yourself to what they're doing to get that and so if you see someone who's where you want to be or that has what you want instead of saying i want that you're saying what did they do to get that and i can do that but i can do it better you know what i mean so you, you're going to end up better than them in your own way because you're doing what they did to get there, but you're doing that process better. And when when maybe that process or that decision aligns with your end, your major goal, like your your you know, you know the big goal for you, maybe that aligns better, and that's when you feel fulfilled because you're no longer focusing on beating them; you're focusing on doing what they did to get there better than them. And then that's that's actually the the, the it's the same thing, but it's reverse engineered, you know. And then you start, you, you take it as like, I want a, I want a Ferrari. How did they get a Ferrari? Oh, I did this, this, and this. Okay, I can do this, this, and this better than them. I can get a Ferrari, but I'm going to get this, you know. And it's still about beating yourself, but it's using their their process as an example of what's, you know, the benchmark for achieving it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like I'm the youngest pro ever. Awesome, you know. But did are you the healthiest youngest pro? You know what I mean? And so there's this there's a, there's a level up with yourself, you know. I can do. I can be the youngest pro ever, but I can be the healthiest youngest pro, and I can be happy as well. You know. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I'm reading a book at the moment by um, Ray Dalio. I don't know if you've heard of Ray before. He uh, he's no, I the, haven't. No. So he's the founder of um, a hedge fund called Bridgewater. Okay. Biggest, yeah, yeah, biggest yep. hedge fund in the world. Yep. And uh, I'm reading. I've read a couple of his books. The one I'm reading at the moment is called Principles. And one of the things that he says, uh, I think I read it this week sometime, maybe it was last week. Anyway, it's been recently, is he said, one of the things that I've learned, and he's in his 70s now, right? So he's, yep. the book is kind of reflecting on a life that has been. Uh, and he says, one of the things that I've learned is that as a human being, you can get good at anything, oh, yeah. right? Yep. It's part of being human, right? Is you, you, you can learn, you can develop, you can apply different lessons, and you can actually become good, if not great, at anything you want, yep. but you can't get great at everything. Yeah. So you have to choose what's most important. Absolutely, yeah. That's... You have to choose what your major goals are. Yep. You have to choose what you're willing to prioritize and then apply yourself to that and you can become great. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And that, I think that's the, the, the crucial thing, you know, like if you don't truly want something more than – it's like that – have you heard that quote? It's like you want to want it more than you want to breathe. 
Yeah, it's Eric Thomas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah. that. It's the same. If you don't want something more than you want to breathe air, then you're not gonna you're not gonna put everything else aside. Mm. You know, and so yeah, I think you know, in in if you're comparing yourself to other people, you have to first decide whether you actually want what they're doing more than you want to breathe. Because you're actually competing against someone who literally would suffocate to achieve what they're achieving. And if you're only just sort of interested in that thing and you're comparing yourself to that, you maybe you're not actually comparing yourself to them. You're comparing themselves yourself to their urge to be that. That drive, that discipline, that wanting to achieve more than they want to breathe, that aspect of them is what you're actually aspiring to rather than the actual goal. Mm. And so if you can take that and be inspired by that and use it towards what you actually want, you're not going to be them necessarily, but you're going to, you know, you're going to really excel and be the best version of you in that, in that direction because you're using that discipline, that urge to do it more than you want to breathe, you know? It's real, brother. Yeah. It's real. Anyway, <laughs> I want to go back to your story. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> I knew this yeah. would happen. We just yeah. on this tangent, but it's all good. All right, so… Doesn't mean just stop in the middle of, if, of nowhere and don't breathe. It's no, exactly. Suffocate exactly. yourself. You know? No, no, no. Um, all right. So university, engineering, you get a couple of years into engineering. You've discovered bodybuilding. You start competing in bodybuilding. You go, you know what? Engineering's not for me. You go and switch and you go to a business. You start yeah, starting marketing, business. Yeah. And at that point, you also start PTing. Yes. Right? And this is yep. your kind of introduction to coaching really coaching, what would yeah. become coaching yep. so talk me a little bit through your your initial stages with with the PT yeah. business so I think um you know part of being in that position was obviously I, I realized you know through going through engineering doing those things that I wanted to help people more than I or I wanted to solve problems I wanted to help people and solve problems more than I wanted to actually you know um just sit in a room and, and figure things out. You know, I actually wanted to work with people more than anything else. And I think that drove me to go, okay, well, I like fitness. I like being my best version of me, not necessarily bodybuilding, but I like what it's taught me. And I think a lot of people could, you know, benefit from getting to that point where they are their best versions. You know, I didn't really know what I know now back then, obviously. I didn't know how that all fit together, but I understood that I feel good doing this and it's 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 following through the rest of my life. Um you know, and that's that's the most powerful thing about physical, physical physique development or physical whatever you want to call it, is it it doesn't just stop physically. You know, there is a certain element of 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 your mental and your you know your intellect or whatever you want to call it that you need to develop to be. You know, your your body's only going to follow your mind. You know, so I think developing the mind and and body simultaneously or focusing on one at a time, but developing yourself entirely, but with the idea of being better physically draws through the rest of your life and I think that's what drew me to PTing was because it was okay cool these people um you know let's say they're a you know a stay-at-home mom or whatever it is it doesn't necessarily matter what the goal is specifically but if you're just focusing on being healthier better whatever it is in in any direction you're going to be a better mom that doesn't you know it's plain and simple you know it doesn't necessarily mean you have to look amazing but like by doing this for yourself you're going to be better at that and I think that's what was really the passion for me. Mm -hmm. um, just helping people improve their lives, you know. Um, obviously, the bodybuilding coaching came further down the track because I started competing, got more experience, um, and it became more niched. You know, now I don't really deal with general population. It's more just athletes. Um, 
but yeah, like I was terrible at PT, like had no people skills, you know, it was just, just, yeah, man, I, I definitely wouldn't be doing a podcast. That's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'd just be like mumbling or, you know, I wouldn't even be able to put a sentence together, to be honest. Yeah. Um, totally different person. And, and that's the cool thing. You know, you, you look back at your physical development, you have changed mentally. And that's the biggest change, you know, I see with clients, you have this physical body that's drastically different, you know, but the 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 biggest difference, and if you know that person on a personal level, you know that they have changed as a person mentally. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy the difference. More confident, more passionate. You know, they actually seem more intelligent as well. When, once you get a better physique, you know. So I think if you do it the right way and you're focusing on you being better, you actually develop in all aspects accidentally. Yeah. And that part, you know, trying to trying to teach people, you know, or just being involved in teaching people that through PTing and, and coaching is, um, is very fulfilling, man. It is like it, it, for me, you know, when, when someone signs up, they see the perceived value as, as higher than the, the price for me, it's like the, the, the pay, the pay that I get out of it is way lower than the perceived value I get as a coach. I'm fulfilled, you know? So it's never been a, a monetary thing. And I think, and, and I think in that sense, um, you know, it, it's sort of, it allows you to really push at what you're doing because you're not driven by, you know, I need to get 30 clients or I need to have this much money. It's really just how many people can I help? You know, how, how influential can I be to this individual? Um, maybe they don't want my help. That's fine. But you don't see it as a, they don't want to pay for it. You see it as they don't want to be helped yet, you know, or they don't want to be better yet, you know? And so it's, it's almost in in its own way, it's a development of me again because I'm then developing in a business way, you know, and I'm developing my own ability to, you know, let's say someone cancels or something. It's not a personal attack. It's just a, a statement of where they're at in their own lives, you know. And so that that it's like a full circle, you know. I feed off of my clients. They, they get better benefit and then I get the benefit and then it's just this like, it's just this cycle and in that way, you know, I just love it, you know, absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, when you started PTing, you uh, you weren't very good at the people side. Of oh things, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Terrible. And I know that um, that you you kind of moved away from the 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 physical PT and you started working under uh, um, what was the gym that you 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 Biologic moved? Labs. Biologic Labs. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was really, I guess, the next phase of your yeah. introduction into coaching, right? Where you were really kind of able to apply your intellectual abilities yeah. and combine them with the physical abilities and that was almost like the unlock for you right? 100% yeah so what we used to do is um you obviously credit to those guys for um teaching me this process was the the onboarding process of having a new client come in um you know when I used to PT at the, at the gym on my own the, the struggle for me was getting to know the person you know that those people skills that was the issue for me to yeah. get that rapport where they wanted to continue whereas at this other place, it was the onboarding process was a, a, a very like in-depth interview with the client. A, you know, you go through all their biofeedback, all their lifestyle factors, you know, their, their, their physical history, their health, all these things that you can paint a picture. And through that process, you're getting to know this person and you suddenly realize that it's no longer about being good at people. It's just about solving a problem. And so each individual person presents their own problem and that really allows you if you're an intellectual person it sounds weird but to treat each person like a problem you know you've got this new problem 
you're trying to unpack the problem, figure out the variables that need, you know, optimizing, whatever it is. And then you use your intellect to come up with solution for all those problems. And in doing that, you actually form really good friendships with your friend with, with your friends, with you, with these clients, because you're you're really going into the depths of them. And that is a very vulnerable position for these people. But through that, you're 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 showing empathy and you're you're showing a very deep interest in them. And that creates a rapport. So that accidentally is creating the rapport that I was struggling to find in the first place. Yeah. So it's kind of weird to actually say that now, but that that was really what taught me how to, you know, first build rapport, but also use that process to create the solution to their problem. And that was absolutely like game changing. Yeah, 100%. And still use that sort of stuff now, yeah. Well, and then you kind of, you you go from that to, and I mean, this is, this is like 2015, 2016 yeah. now, right? So now in 2022, you know, Online coaching is like it's oh, a, yeah. it's Everyone's a thing, a coach. right? Everyone's yeah. an online coach for something, but yeah. especially in in physique based sports, it's like yeah. you know you've got like it's a thing now. But back then, you know, six seven years ago, there it didn't really exist, no right? Yeah, you, you had yeah. like personal trainers, and um, you had personal trainers, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that or, was kind of it. Or it was right? like a scam, you know? You, yeah, you like click this button and you get a you know, yeah, spit get out my ebook or some shit, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah, but um, but 2016, you, I guess you kind of combine your life experience to that point, right? And you go, well, no, 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 I can, I can actually provide service here as an online coach, uh, where I can, you know, apply the PT skills that I've learned. I can apply the skills that I learned at Biologic Labs in terms of, you know, breaking down people's barriers, really kind of getting to the the root causes of of um, what their issues are and help them fix them. And you set up as one of the first online coaches in 2016. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, what I was discovering, you know, as a PT, I'm sure a lot of people relate to this, maybe if they have PTs or if they've been a PT, um, is you get, you might get great results while you're with the client. You know, you might see strength progression. You might see you know, improvements in function of, you know, the skeleton, like the body improves from that physical training, but not a lot happens in, you know, the diet or their, their mindset, you know, nothing really changes. Like maybe they, they get a little more confident because they're training better and things like that. And you might be able to do some, you know, get, get some really good progress with someone who does follow some sort of diet. But for the most part, you know, there's a, there's, there's that 80% of the time where they're at home or on their own, that's not being accounted for. And um, that's what I was realizing is, you know, I'm limited in the results that I'm getting, you know, I'm promising all these things, but, and I, I, I know I can get them because I do them myself and I've seen them with people, but how can we get this person from training really hard in that one hour, two hours a week to f- using that same intensity with their home life and their, their diet and things like that to actually drive that progress forward and, and do it in a, in a short amount of time. And that's where I come up with, you know, the idea of having a, a system, um, you know, for their entire week, you know, task list every day. You know, if you, if you do something, you check it off, you know, you've got, you've got this sort of general outline of what's expected to achieve something and you either do it or you don't, you know, as simple as that. And you've worked on that with your coach, obviously, to get the guideline. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's, that was game changing, man. You know, crazy, 100%. crazy. Yeah. That was the unlock for you. Yeah. Right? 100%. And it's led to what you do still today, you know, is, yeah. is, is with all you, yeah, um, what you do professionally. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, I'm still loving it. So 
Yeah, still doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I want to, um, I just want to take a little bit of a detour, right? Because yeah. during this time, you know, you started competing uh, 2011 and you competed, well, the last time you stepped on stage was 2019. You tried to compete yeah. during the pandemic and yep. things got canceled and yeah. I know the feels behind that personally. So it's not a fun time. But um, between 2011 and 2019, you competed in 28 shows. Yeah. So you competed a lot, man. Yeah, fair, fair few shows. There's, yeah. there's, there's a lot of, you it's know. It's like four a year for that period of time. Yeah, yeah, we've kind of skimmed over your your actual bodybuilding competing experience. But you are, you know, one of the most seasoned bodybuilders in Australia still to date. Yeah, you know, definitely. I can yeah. probably name on one hand the number of athletes that have competed over 25 shows. Yeah, uh, and even some pros, man. Like some top yeah, pros man. never done that many shows yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. So. so you have a lot of actual competitive bodybuilding experience um, under your uh, under your wings. But, um, yeah, a few wrinkles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you do something interesting in 2017 as well, right? Is you actually go and um, spend a bunch of time living in Thailand. Mm -hmm. Talk me through that a little bit. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> that's a detour. Yeah, man. Um, well, honestly, like that was originally a, a, a camp. It was a situation with my coach, Chris, and um, he was setting up these, you know, training camps, which was um, which is really, really cool. Like you'd go there as a group and you'd train together and you'd spend, you know, spend, spend your days in the gym, going to the beach, eating, you know, just basically doing everything you need to do to progress, but doing it as a team and – um. You know that's that's some of the fondest memories I have, honestly. And we could, we tried to recreate that on it. Like there hasn't really been a camp since then, but um, we've tried to go there as a group and do things like that ongoing. And um, what it comes down to is just the you know we didn't really understand at the time, but since going there uh, nearly eight times now, I think eight times. The last time I was there, well, the time before the time I went last time, I was there for about twelve weeks, and I started my prep there. Yeah. Um, and what I've I've worked it out to be it's just the the general you know, energy in that place, you know, um, I'm sure it's not the only country like that in the world, but it's got either something to do with religious thing or maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't know, but it's generally just more relaxed. You know, there's less stress in the air. I don't know how to explain it more than that, but, and what I find with, um, well, also is the food's organic, you know, the, 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 not necessarily the tap water, but the, the, the air is clearer, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things there that, that attribute to, you know, a healthier body, um, stress being the, the largest factor of that. Um, and you know, just what I've found since doing those things is when you focus on these general variables, like the things that you don't really think make bodybuilding what it is, mm. like, you know, emotional stress, like not many people, and I'm sure a lot of, a lot of people out there ha go through these times in their life. Um, you know, um, when you're trying to promote you know, physical development and be, look your best, leanest, whatever, you can't really have anything going on. You know, you can't have, you can't have emotional stress. You can't have like a work stress. You can't have, you know, financial issues, whatever. You've got to be really focused on being as relaxed as possible. And so what I found was when I went to Thailand, that was the, the environment that I was putting myself in. Um, you know, especially with the organic food and the sun and the weather and, you know, just the general, um, just the, the 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 breakdown of those variables that you overlook on a general, you know, from time to time in Australia, that makes bodybuilding um, optimal was being overlooked, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's not really more to it than that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's it's generally just like okay. So if you're 
if you're, um, let's say you're, you're comp prepping, you know, and you, um, you've got 20 weeks to do this prep and you, uh, you, you're following a diet, obviously you're following a training program and you're going week to week and there's emotional stress, there's, um, you know, maybe you can't afford this or you can't afford that or you, you're spending more time at work and you're doing all these things. There's all this outside energy coming into your prep and what was once a 20-week prep is suddenly turned into a, a six-week prep because of life. You know, that's what I tell a lot of my clients is you need – if you need 20 weeks, you actually need 30 because there's that 10-week gap that you need to give yourself just because of life, you know. <laughs> And so if you have the ability to go to this location where all of those life things don't affect you anymore, like general stress, you know, the weather's good and all these little tiny things that, that are possibly overlooked, your progress is ridiculous, you know. Your body responds. There's, there's this sort of um, – you almost have like this chemical energy from just the, the environment, you know. You're more, you're more in touch with yourself and your needs and – you know, like, are you, for example, are you physically fatigued or are you just stressed? You know, when you have less physical stress or, or, or emotional stress or, or, or environmental stress, whatever it is, you can actually determine whether you need to have a deload week, you know, or whether you need to get more sleep because it's clearer. There's no external influence. It's just, I can't train, you know? So for me, it was like an escape from, which is, I mean, it sounds like I'm running away, but like it, it was an escape from that hostile environment of, of Western culture where it's just like this sort of everyone's in that rat race. Everyone's trying to be better. Everyone's trying to compare themselves. And so if you have the opportunity to go to these countries, I mean, you just went there recently. I did. Yeah. And, Not for and, bodybuilding purposes yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> for a honeymoon. But, so but complete opposite. you get what I mean. It's like you have that, if you have that ability to experience this, you'll, you'll see that you have this perspective of Western culture and what we're trying to do in these, you know, in Australia, America, whatever. But it's not that that's wrong. It, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just having the perspective of it not being all that there is and then focusing on what you need to do to be happy and fulfilled. And then suddenly you can try and recreate that same stress-free environment in your own environment here. And you get those benefits anyway. And you start focusing on what really matters. Like, you know, is this emotional trauma that you're going through going to affect you in five years' time? Maybe. So deal with it, you know. Get yourself to a position where you're, where you're managing that and working through it and now suddenly your body responds. You know, so it's like it's kind of like a holistic approach to bodybuilding. And I, I guess going to Thailand so many times, I didn't, I didn't really know why. But now, now, I, now that I've done it so many times and I understand those, those things about, you know, managing yourself, I can see how it worked and why it worked. And, and now trying to recreate it with, you know, my clients and, and approaching bodybuilding from that holistic perspective because I've experienced what life's like without all those stresses and, and all those sort of like expectations, you know, in the culture. Um, I, can, I can create a system of, you know, adhering to these things and making sure that you're in control of all those aspects, you know, biofeedback, but also your, your like psychological state, your mental state, your, your clarity or what you're doing. You know, even as far as like, are you smiling regularly? You know, it's it's insane what those things do to your body on a chemical level, on a on a cellular level. Sorry. And so, going through that, spending so much time in Thailand, I don't know if it's like, you know, how a lot of people do those, like they go there and they they live with monks for a while. It's kind of like that. My own version of that, 
you know? So I guess having all those like spiritual experiences where I'm so like, you know, de-stressed and just so away from all of this stuff gives you that perspective to then go, okay, that's where my body really needs to be. How can I create that situation for me with all of that stress around me, you know? And you kind of create that little bubble for yourself. You know, people are like, are you high? What's wrong with you, you know? But you know what that's like, you know? And, and, and when you get there, it's like you protect it. You know, you, you want to preserve it as much as you can. You, you would pay money to keep it, you know, because it's, it's creating this environment where you're just super productive. You're almost, you're almost as productive as usual. You know, when you're stressed, you're productive, sure, but you're as productive as that, but you're smiling while you do it. And then suddenly you, you find a new level you know, and you, and you just keep going. And that, man, when you, when you get a client or even with myself, when you get to that point physically where you, are, you have gone through all this crap and you're still smiling, you just, you just find this new level physically. It's crazy because your, your mind, it's like, you know, you hear those stories where people like, you know, they're lost hiking or something and they, they're wounded or what, they break a leg or something and they're crawling through the valley and they're like, oh, I'm about to die. And then they have this sort of spiritual experience and then they find a new level. It's like that, honestly. It's like a smaller, but small level, but it's like that. Yeah, unreal, man. Yeah, so unreal. Yeah. <laughs> Where does um, obviously that period of your life, you know, your your main focus was being the best athlete you could be, right? And and I guess the coaching thing was, yeah, it was still there, but it was kind of you know you can tell from your actions and and you know the things that you were doing at the time that it was bodybuilding. Yeah, sure. Where are you at now? Yeah, so um. I'm at a position where I have nothing to prove to myself with my competing. Um, I will compete again, definitely. Like that's 100% happening. Um, when, I'm not sure. Um, for me, like like I said, I, I never really wanted to be a bodybuilder or, or, you know, live like a bodybuilder or any of those things. And I think proving to myself that I can do something um, at a certain level satisfies, satisfies my urge to do it continuously you know so it's like it's like um i don't know a very good example there's not many very very good examples it's like learning to play the guitar you know once you've learned to play the guitar I learned, but do you want to play in a band maybe you know what i mean do you want to go to that next level with your with your hobby or your interests once you already know you can do it or, or the time that you know you need to put into it is now the decision not necessarily can i it's do I want to, you know? And so like the, the, for me right now, it's like, okay, I've been selfish for 11 years, technically. Like I've definitely been a team player in my business, but not to the extent that I want to. And so for me right now, it's like, can I do the business thing? So my priority is like telling myself that I can get to that level with my business and my other aspect, the other aspect, like my relationships, my friends, my, you know, these other things that took a hit when I was trying to be the best at something else, you know, um, I'm, I'm prioritizing those to, to, to basically convince myself that I can do those things to the best that I can without that other interference. So it's like, um, like we were talking about before, when you, if you compare yourself to people that are the best at this, you, you have to want to be the best at this and only you can't be balanced, you know? So now I'm trying to go like this way in a, in a business sense rather than this way in a bodybuilding sense. So for me, it's like competing still on the cards, but the, the, the idea of bringing people through that process at a top level, I, I guess, excites me more, you know, teaching people how to go from, you know, 
top amateur to Olympia stage, that would be, you know, it, it's a test for me. It's a challenge, you know. It's another challenge that I haven't fulfilled yet. And I feel like that's that's the next thing, you know, is, is bringing myself to that level of coaching um, and proving myself that I can do it, you know. It's interesting because when, you know, we, we talk about you can get great at anything, uh, you can't get great at everything. Right. And I think, you know, we spoke a little bit about kind of reverse engineering a bit, a little bit earlier on, but if you kind of reverse engineer that, it starts with, and you've kind of demonstrated this at different phases in your life, right? It starts with, all right, let me get very clear on what is most important to me right now. Yeah, right? the ultimate goal. What, what, what do I, what, the ultimate goal, right? What do I actually want to attempt to get great at? And once you have clarity around that, you then can kind of step it back and reverse engineer it. And you can start to look at your daily actions and your daily habits and your daily routines. And you can put them through the qualification of do these things align with the thing that I'm trying to get great Absolutely, at. yeah. Right? So once you've, you've got the ultimate goal, is the way I conduct myself on a daily basis aligning with achieving that ultimate goal? Am I doing what I need to do each and every day to put me on the path to become good, if not great, at this one thing? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. But it needs to start with clarity around what that one thing is. Exactly. Right? Right. And I, yeah. think, I think a lot of the time, especially, you know, this is kind of, we're getting away from physique-based sports and more into the personal development space. But I think sometimes, you know, I, I see in the personal development space, people are, lack the clarity around what they're trying to be really good at or really great at. Yeah. And it's like, well, I want to, you know, I want to be great at this and then I want to be great at that and I want to be great at that. And those things don't align and therefore their daily actions, habits and routines are all over the place. Exactly, yeah. And it's like, well, if you, if you kind of, you know, you take a little bit of a snapshot of yeah. what you're doing on a daily basis and it doesn't really align to anything. You're doing right. a bit of this and a bit of that and a yeah. bit of that and you become a jack of all trades, master of none. Exactly. So I think, you know, having that um, – and you've kind of shown through through your experience, right? For you when it was bodybuilding, it was bodybuilding. And you were going to do everything you needed to do, such as move to a different country. Yeah, literally, yeah. And live there, yeah. right, to become great at that one thing. And now at this stage of your life, it's about, you know, how can I be the best coach I can be to my clients? So I need to make sure that everything I do aligns with yeah, and that's why that ultimate goal. Yeah. Well, 100%. That's, that's right. why you're here right now, right? Yeah, it's that's like I was thinking to myself, you know – Maybe it's not the Olympia, but if I was coaching someone for the Olympia, I would definitely travel there and I'd make sure they're good and I'd relax them and I'd be in the gym with them. And so why not? Why why is this any less? This is important right now. This is the this is the this is the Olympia of September or October, whatever we're in, of, of 2022. So if I don't think that way now, I'm never gonna be at that position because, you know, if you if I'm not thinking like a top coach now, I'll, how am I gonna get there? You know? I'm not going to get there from by sitting on my couch, <laughs> unfortunately. Or you maybe mean, I could. What but. are you saying? You say online coaches sit on their couch? Yeah, well, yeah, it's, the laptop, the it's, the la it's the laptop by the pool, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the selfie. Yeah, yeah. Man, I want to ask you about um, confronting the fear of change, right? Because you you have kind of made some pretty big changes from when you're pursuing, you know, we've spoken about the, the different focuses of your life at different points of time, being the PT and then being the bodybuilder and then being the online coach. And, you know, you've, you've kind of 
been able to, I guess, reinvent yourself or at least change your ultimate goal a number of different times already, right? And you're still pretty young. You're 31 years old and you've done it, you know, at least three times what we've already discussed in, in, in this podcast at least. Something that stops a lot of people from making those sorts of big changes in their lives is the fear of uncertainty, right? It's the fear of, you know, this is what I know. This is what's familiar to me. This is the path I'm pursuing. And I'm, I'm too afraid to change because of the uncertainty that's associated with the unknown. How have you been able to confront that fear of uncertainty and that fear that's associated with change to allow you to reinvent yourself and change your ultimate goal from time to time? That's a really good question, man. I think um, for me, it's like there's a fear of um, being like, like not fulfilling a potential. That I think that fear is greater than the fear of the unknown. I think that it's not that I don't have that fear. I definitely like constantly go, why am I doing this? You know, like, is this the right thing to do? I constantly doubt myself. You know, it's normal. But I think the fear of not doing it is greater, you know. It's like it's like um, if you had a you, you know you're about to skydive you know and you, you're scared of jumping, but there's a big line behind you. Which one's greater? Something you're just going to jump, aren't you? You know, so it's like that fear that's pushing you forwards is greater than the fear that's stopping you. That's all it is. So if you, I think I think where people go wrong is that they're they're not necessarily like it's not that they they don't have the confidence or the the self belief to push forward. It's that their fear of like the, the fear of the alternative isn't greater than the fear of the unknown. And so you got to get yourself to the position. Like, for example, you might be completely happy with where you're at and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, which means that there's no fear of that outcome not happening. And so the fear of the uncertain isn't, isn't going to be beaten. So that's, it's simple math. It's like, you know, one plus one doesn't equal five. So you're not going to move forwards. It's the balance of fears. It's balance of fears. Let me ask you a follow-up question. Yeah. <laughs> What's your biggest fear? Uh, being average. Yeah. Okay. Fear of, fear of regret, fear of being average, you know, living an average life. Um, you know, yeah. Having, you know, fear of just existing for no reason. That's totally just blows my mind, you know, cause you, you start to think about, you know, your, your existence and like, what's the point of all this stuff. And then you think to yourself, you know, you know, if there's no point to it, well, I'm going to create one, you know? If, if I don't have a reason to be like, every, like I'm one of what, 7 billion or whatever, then I'm, I'm going to have to tr do something cool. Otherwise there's no point, you know? I got a couple of ways that I, so my, my, my ultimate fear, I only have, I'm, I'm obviously we spiders. all have, we all have these <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> spiders, <laughs> not, cut, here, to, cut the not here to fuck spiders, man. <laughs> um, we all have these little fears, right? Like fear of failure, fear of other people's opinions, as we just mentioned, fear of change, fear of uncertainty. Yeah. You know, we're, we're all human, right? It's built into our DNA. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's like survival. To, 100%. Yeah. It's a survival mechanism, right? That's why we fear things yeah. to, to kind of go in the, you know, we, we come up against something and we're afraid of it and go, okay, no, 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 that's wrong. Let's go back in this yeah. direction. Oh no, shit, there's something over there that we should be afraid of. It goes yeah. back to when we were, cavemen, yeah. right? And we come up against lines, for example, yeah, right? Yeah. The fear is there to protect us. And we all, obviously, it's, it's part of our evolution. It's part of our DNA. We have these little fears. I only have one major fear. I'm interested to hear what this is now. I'm only afraid of one thing, regret. Yeah, okay, cool. 
That's it. I feel that. That's it. And I do this thing. I, I mentioned this in a, in um, a couple of episodes ago. I meditate on my mortality, right? So I, I will, whenever I come up against one of these smaller fears, right? I'm, I'm about to try something and I'm afraid of uh, failing or I'm afraid of what other people are going to say if I'm going against their opinion or, you know, whatever the little fear is. I go, okay, you know what? Let me meditate on my mortality. Let me put myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of my life and I'm taking my last few breaths and I ask myself- goosebumps here. And I ask myself Ooh, questions, yeah. right? I ask myself questions, right? At the end of my life, I look back. Am I going to be happy that the fear of failure prevented me from trying something that I really wanted to do? Or am I going to look back and I'm going to go, I was really afraid of failing at that, but I gave it a shot anyway. And it either worked or it didn't work. I don't know what the outcome's going to be, but I'm really proud of myself that I actually went and did it in spite of the fear of failure, right? With no regrets. To me, whenever I ask these sorts of questions, it always comes back to, I want to get to the end of my life and I want to have no regrets. It's the one thing. If I get to the end of my life and I have regrets, that's that's my ultimate fear. That's the only thing. It's like a sinking feeling. It's like empty. 100%. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. And that comes back to what you're talking about where it's the balance of fears, right? Is if I stack my fear of regret up against any other fear. Yeah, it wins every time. It's by far. And it it's doesn't even, just win. It fucking destroys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Destroys. Yeah. So that's one of the, the tools that I use. The other thing that I think about, you mentioned that, we, you know, you're one in seven billion people. The other thing I think about is the chances of becoming a human being, right? And you, you, you trace it back to the chances of your parents meeting, yeah. right? And then you go back again to your grandparents on both sides meeting. The probability is the, just ridiculous. The, the, yeah. the, the chances of becoming a human, are, it's not one in seven billion, eight billion. It's one in like hundreds of trillions. Yeah. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't be a human being. Yeah. You shouldn't be here. You're already special. You are, the, you've won the fucking genetic lottery of all time just being here as a human being. Yeah. That's cool. So I combine the gratitude that I have for being here as a human, as opposed to being a dog or an ant or a fucking rabbit or like anything, any other living thing, right? Or a tree even, right? Any other living thing. I'm here as a human. So I take the gratitude associated with that. And then I take the overarching fear of regret and I combine those two things together. Yeah. It's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. What, what else is there to be afraid of? Yeah, exactly. How can I not have the courage to confront the fear of failure or the fear of uncertainty or the fear of change or whatever other fucking fear there is? Those two things combined is yeah. far exceeds anything else. Absolutely, yeah. That's powerful. So that's, that's yeah. what I, yeah, that's what I kind of come, come back yeah. to. Yeah, and, and it's like, it's, I think the thing with that though is that like, it's cool to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, we'll talk about it. I feel motivated right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's something that's like in you or not though. So I think, I don't think there's anything wrong. Like, it's like, you know, you might listen to this and go, yeah, that's right. I'm going to go out and do that straight away. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with people that don't feel that or people that don't act on it. You know what I mean? It just means that the fear isn't there. And so there's like, if you're not doing what you, if you're not doing what you want to do or want to achieve, or you're not acting on that, then there's an imbalance of fear there. There's something that's, 
you're you're scared of something else greater than that, and so you got to work out that, what that is first. If that if that fear is blocking this fear, that's actually what what's meant to motivate you through it. Figure out what that fear is that's greater than this fear, because surely there's nothing greater than that. But there is surely, you know. So the, identifying that fear will go a long way, I think. You got to go very internal. You got to yeah. go into the depths of your own psyche. Yeah. You got to go figure, full to Thailand this mode. Shit. But this is, I mean, man, this yeah. is, you know, this is the these are the keys of personal development, right? These yeah. are the keys of of becoming a better human, right? I think a lot of these things I feel or I've thought through when I'm doing, you know, 5 a.m. cardio with like zero carbs, mm. six weeks in, you know, these these thoughts, you know, you, you have to put yourself in a state of survival to um, to have perspective, I think, you know. And it, yeah, it, I think that's also like a, a key thing to remember is like if you're too comfortable, you're never going to see perspective in that sense. Yeah. So you should start getting busy being uncomfortable and then you'll start to develop that perspective of a lot of things. I'm going to ask you this though, right? Because this is, um, this is something else that I notice a lot. And this is something that I personally struggle with a lot. And um, I've actually never asked anybody this question on this podcast before. Okay. So I'm interested, but I, I think Fresh you're like, no, well, I think you're the right person with the life, the, the right life experience and the right mindset to, to, yeah, sure. to give a, um, a really thoughtful answer to this. So in the, in the personal development space, right, we, we talk about these things that motivate us and the fact that we're confronting fears and, you know, we don't want to have any regrets and, you know, we're, we're always trying to improve and we're always trying to get better. I sometimes struggle with taking that a little bit too far to the point where I struggle to stop and smell the roses, right? I struggle to stop and be grateful for and appreciate everything that I have accomplished in different areas of my life thus far because I'm always focused on the next thing. I'm always focused on getting better. I'm always focused on the development side of things. How do you reconcile those two things? So how do you how do you slow down? So if you, so, I guess, yeah. yeah. So so you're saying, okay, you've got this fear of because I can't switch it off. This is my problem, right? I can't switch it off. I'm always thinking about no regrets. Right, I'm always thinking about meditating on my mortality. Right, I'm always thinking about how grateful I am that I'm here as a human being, as opposed to a cat or a tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you regret not slowing down? <laughs> That's a good question. So I think I think um, maybe there's turn a, it on its head a little bit. Maybe there's a situation where you're you're working at the exact right rate that you should be. And so the fear of regret that you have that's instilled in you isn't isn't coming into play because you aren't going too fast. Maybe you need to go quicker. You're not in a position where you're feeling like you need to slow down because you're you're not or at least you're not recognizing that you are going too quick or anything like that. So you're not actually in a position where you're afraid of not experiencing those things, you know? Maybe that's not a regret that you have or may have. You know, so it could, it, that's a really good question. I, I don't think it's about slowing down necessarily. I think it's about figuring out what, what it is that you need to make sure you enjoy, you know, maybe you're already having the best fun ever and, and there's no imbalance there, you know, 
I think I think someone like yourself will know that that, or maybe in, in a relationship situation, you'll be told. You know what I mean? Like other people will make it obvious to you. Um, it's I don't think it's necessarily your responsibility entirely for that. You know, because if you if you think about all the things, like if I think about all the things that I'm responsible to and the things that I need to keep, you know, that thing about the the plates spinning, you keep all these plates spinning and that's what make you, makes you happy. If I think about all the plates like family, relationships, you know, work, bodybuilding, all these things that I need to keep going forwards. Mm. And sometimes I, I keep one going a little quicker than, you know, I think uh, Nathan touched on this in, on his podcast, same thing. Um, if I look at all those things, I don't think that I am not, enjoying those things, you know? And, and it, at some stage when potentially I was going too quick or not slowing down enough to enjoy them, I was made aware of them by someone else, you know, or someone close to me that's looking at what I'm doing maybe said something that, that you know, allowed me to see it from that perspective. But again, it's perspective. You know, you're never going to, um, you're never going to regret working hard if that's a regret that you may have. So it's kind of like a catch 22. I don't think you can be perfect. You know, I don't think you're going to get to like 95 and go, I regret not pushing myself, but you may regret not enjoying the environment or something. You know what I mean? It depends what it is. So it, it is a really good question. You know, it's tricky, isn't it? it yeah. It, it's really, tricky. and I think it, I think it's really just the, I think it's really just the, um, the, if you look at like how you spend your time, you know, is it, is it, it comes down to if you added up all the minutes in a week, you know, are you spending those minutes wisely or are you spending them like, you know, can you account for all of those minutes perfectly? Are they being used for something either, you know, for that thing that's pushing you forward or for this that's slowing you down? You know, are they, are they wise choices? Um, and if there's any minutes that aren't being used for something good that's benefiting you or that you're enjoying with, fix it because that's that's where you potentially going wrong. You know, I think that's that's worked for me anyway. You know? The spinning plates analogy is one that that I have um, used a lot and and used very successfully. You know, the the I call it um, micro obsession, macro balance, yeah. right? And the micro obsession is spinning the particular plate at the time, right? So when you're preparing for a show, right, the micro obsession, the plate you're spinning, you're putting all your, not all, but most of your effort, most of your energy into preparing for the show, mm -hmm. right? But you've got the other plates are still spinning, but you just focus on this one. Then the show's over, you go, okay, you know what, let me just put that and let me go and pick up the yeah. uh, relationships plate. Yeah. or the business plate, right? Because now that demands my micro obsession. So the micro obsession is focusing on the one plate at the time. Yeah. And the macro balance is understanding that there's a lot of different plates that at different times, yeah. you're going to have to obsess about. Exactly, yeah. You're gonna, you know. and, and for me personally, that's led to high levels of success as an athlete. It's led to high levels of success in business. It's led to high levels of success in all different areas of my life been incredibly productive for me the problem is and this is it ties back into what we opened the show with right the more you know the more you know you don't know yeah. right and as i'm kind of experiencing you know greater and greater levels of success in different areas of my life i kind of go well the analogy breaks down for me at the point where i'm always 
spinning plates, yeah. right? So I actually never get to just stop, yeah. right? And let the plates do their own thing yeah. because I'm always going, what's the next obsession? What's the next obsession? What's the next obsession? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at a point now, you know, personally, in my, in my personal development where I'm trying to find a different analogy yeah. because I'm like, it doesn't, it, it served me well up into this point. Yes. And now I'm at this point. And it doesn't serve me anymore. So there's an imbalance of of effort to fulfillment now. Would you say that? Possibly. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I, I think I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying like yeah. this is you know this is this like is, more this is, is raw and open and honest yeah. for the for you know for the viewers and the and the listeners. And I think it's important that I share this 100 because it's not like I have all the answers, right? No. You guys are on personal development journeys trying to get better in different areas of your life. I'm trying to do the same thing. I'm always trying to get better. I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to get to the next version of myself. And this is where I'm at now. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out. It's really interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the the next. I kind of think about that a lot too, because it's like I would imagine myself at the success that I'm aiming for already. I try to visualize what that would be like. And then what? And then I think, you know, it's like, okay, that's great, you know, but but for me, it's like, okay, the time's going to pass, mm. you know. It's going to happen. You it, you can't stop that. That's going – it's inevitable. Mm. And and I, and it's how you spend that time in that, you know, in that process that's important, I think. And I found that, you know, um, I'm – you know, you're the same in that sense that you have to be pushing. You know, you feel like you have to be pushing because you have that fear. Mm. But sometimes, you know, for example, if you sat there and just said, okay, I'm going to let the plate spin and I'm going to face the wall and do nothing. If you were to log that in a calendar, it would say face the wall and did nothing. And that's time spent. So whether you sit there, face the wall and do nothing, or you do something productive, the time's being spent anyway. So you're not, you're just not going to be happy doing nothing facing a wall. That's not you. You have to be doing something with that time. And so for you to feel fulfilled, it's not going to say sat, did nothing, face the wall. It's going to say worked on A. And that's that's you as a person. Other people can come home and and like you said, the, the more you know, the less you don't know you don't know, whatever it was. It's a tongue twister. But it's like, you know, you, you know, it's like, you know, if I think about my um my family or, or or families I knew growing up, you know, the dad would come home, he'd work nine to five, he'd come home, crack a beer open, stand on the front and just do nothing. You know, but that's still recorded as did that, that time, even though it's nothing, it's still being spent. So it's like work out what it is that you want to spend your time on because you're not getting it back. And that's, that's when you, you're smelling, your version of smelling the roses is working tirelessly on something. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I don't don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I think, you know, ultimately it, it comes back to core values, right? That's right. It comes back to what's most important to you as a person. And we're all slightly different. We're all unique in our own little different ways. Right. And we're all, you know, driven by certain things. We're all afraid of different things. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the more that you can kind of align with inherently the way that you are wired, yeah. the happier you'll be and the more fulfillment you will experience throughout your life. 100%, bro. And I was just going to ask you, um, did you relax in Thailand? I tried to. Yeah. <laughs> I tried you, my best. Did you – so it's like you're like you're like trying to be the best at all these things. Did you? Were you the best at holidaying? 
nah. No. <laughs> I could have done better. There's, there's work there that needs done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could have done better. That's um, awesome. Man, one last question for yeah. you. What's next? Okay, so <clears throat> for me, I want to I want to take um, I want to take athletes to the top. You know, I want to I want to coach people to top level. I want to I want to have athletes on the Olympia stage in physique based sports. In right? physique based sports, that's yeah, the, that's your niche that's, now. That's, that's what your, I want to do. That's yeah. your ultimate goal. That's it. Yeah. And um, and if I get to that, you know, not if when I get to that point where that's my focus, competing will no longer be. It's I, I'm always going to bodybuild, mm-hmm. um, but being a competitor, like being an athlete and focusing like, like, you know, putting all of those, putting all that energy onto myself only um, at that point will have to stop, you know? So at this point in time, you know, I'm still athlete. I, I still train. I do all that stuff. You know, we're talking five, 10 years down the track, obviously until that, until that point, that's, you know, that's still going to be a part of what I do, but I know that there's obviously, you know, you get old too, right. You can't be at that level as well. So I know that that's, that's my ultimate goal anyway. There's no, there's less of a time limit on this than there is on, on the, the keep competing thing. So why wouldn't I put that time in now to be where I want to be, you know? So for me, the next thing is, um, is just more of the same, more of what I'm doing, you know, just being more of that, being living as if I'm already there, you know, trying to, trying to put myself in that moment and, um, just be that person now, you know? Hundred percent. It's the uh, foundation of manifestation. That's right. Yeah. You know, if you can experience the emotions that are associated with achieving the goals you're trying to achieve, uh, your your subconscious and your conscious can't differentiate. Hundred percent. You know, so it's almost like you're already there, and then it's just you know what, putting in the work, following the process, being disciplined with the process, and you get there. And enjoying it. And enjoying it, yeah. smelling the roses, right. as we say. Hundred percent, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, bro. It's been uh, it's been a great chat. I've uh, me personally, I've gotten a lot out of this chat, which is uh, which says something, you know, because I do I do a lot of these podcasts, and um, and to have a guest like yourself, you know, I mentioned at the start that you and I get along really well, uh, and to have these kind of in depth uh, conversations, I know that the listeners and the viewers love listening yeah. and watching, and and you know, being a fly on the wall, but uh, but I've taken a lot out of this conversation awesome. as well. So thank you. Me too. Yeah. For for the listeners and the viewers who want to connect with you, you know, just to say thank you for the podcast or perhaps, you know, if they're a competitive physique-based athlete and they're looking for somebody who's going to take them to whatever it is, whatever level they can achieve, whatever their genetic potential, their physical potential is, how do they connect with you? Uh, at the moment, it's just Instagram. So underscore uh, Tim McKinnon. I think it's Tim underscore McKinnon 91. <laughs> Tim Underscore McKinnon 91. Yeah. Tim underscore McKinnon 91. 91 right. was the year you were born. I have, yeah, he's right. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. haven't uh, said my Instagram handle in a while. So, yeah. 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 I think if you just go, <laughs> if you just go to Instagram and yeah. just type in Tim, Tim McKinnon, McKinnon yeah, you're right. going to come up. Yep. And if there's a few that come up, it's the one that's got 91. Yeah, I'm the original. You're the OG. You <laughs> yeah. should, maybe you should change it to like Tim McKinnon OG. OG. <laughs> change the yeah. name one out. Something easier. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, make sure that you go and uh, connect with Tim. As always, if you guys have enjoyed this episode of the podcast, if you've uh, if you've taken some value from it, if you've just enjoyed listening to, to Tim and I have a chat, the one thing that we ask in return uh, is that you guys share the show, uh, share it person to person. Um, next time conversation comes up at the dinner table or the wherever you're at socially and uh, people are talking about Netflix shows and they're talking about uh, movies they've listened to and they're talking about podcasts they've listened to, 
drop the fitness time business podcast in there. And uh, one way that I personally really enjoy seeing you guys share the show is to take a screenshot right now of whatever podcasting platform you're listening to, Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram story, tag me in it at Joseph Mansell, tag Tim in it at Tim underscore McKinnon 91 OG. <laughs> no OG. <laughs> no OG. Not yet anyway. <laughs> Tim, well, it might be after this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you go change it right away. Uh, and Tim and I will see those uh, those story uh, shout yeah, outs cool. and, and we'll repost as many of them as we possibly can. But I really enjoy seeing that. Yeah, um, it's cool. It's, uh, it's a really cool way to kind of spread the word. Tim, thank you once again, man. No really appreciate it and uh, super happy to finally have you on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, I think the listeners and the viewers got a lot out of this episode. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Guys, you could have been anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. We hope you enjoyed listening. A couple of things to round out. Firstly, if you've yet to subscribe to the Fitness Times Business Podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure you do that right now so you don't miss any future episodes. Secondly, if you guys took some value from this episode, the one thing we ask in return is that you share the show. And finally, if you've yet to leave us a five-star rating, make sure you do that before the next episode.